Welcome to this bonus edition of Record Roundtable, where we talk about the music that was released this month. This month we're talking about the music from June. first track that I was uh, playing was the track Say No More from Nora Jones' new album, Pick Me Up Off the Floor. It's been a long time since I've listened to Nora Jones. You might be familiar with her from her song Don't Know Why or Come Away With Me. It's a pretty good uh, 2020 release from Nora Jones. I wouldn't have expected that I would have listened to a Nora Jones album at uh, at the point of June, but here we are. And now I shall introduce myself. It's Caleb Robinson speaking, and I'm here with... Jared. This is Tyler. I just heard some jazz in that song, huh? It's a little jazzy. She's she's always kind of had like a vocal jazz style to her music. Yeah. And it's very, very mellow. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, you'd listen to it in some kind of like divey bar where you're... Starbucks. Or Starbucks. Sure. Yeah, you listen to it on Starbucks. Close enough to a dive bar. It's a Starbucks. Yeah, so, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So. so we've got a lot of albums to talk about. We've got three, three of our record roundtable members here. And uh, I think we've all got some things that we'd like to talk about. But, Jared, I think you're going to want to talk about this next one. I'm going to play the song Aftermath from the band The Ghost Inside off their new Mm. album, The Ghost Inside. So, Jared, there's quite the interesting story behind the Ghost Inside's new album, and I think you'd be the perfect person to tell us that story. Okay. I guess me. Uh, okay, so they had, several years ago, they were in a very bad accident in their tour van, tour bus, and uh, it, like, flipped and stuff, and everybody, or the majority of the people in the band had various injuries because of it. Their drummer lost one of his legs because of it. And uh, one of the uh, people, I think a manager or something like that, died in the accident. And it took them a long time to finally be able to come back. I think it happened at least five years ago, maybe around 14 or 15, something like that. And uh, so this was their return album uh, back from the recovering, not just physically, but mentally from their accident. And it was a good album. I thought it was pretty good. Very triumphant mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yes. It, it feels like they're coming back, and it feels like they're, um, they're. It sounds like they have moved on, not moved mm-hmm. on, but they're they're able to recovering. have they're yes. recovering. And it's, it's an album that's very much about kind of that experience in a lot of ways, from my perspective at least, while yes. listening. Yes. So well, that was good. Yes. So the next one I'm going to play is the song "In Your Eyes" from the artist Jesse Ware off her album "What's Your Pleasure." This is one of the more recent releases for June. Uh, Jesse Ware on What's Your Pleasure does a lot of what feels like disco in 2020 
Disco, who would have thunk it? I uh, it, it was quite quite the interesting album. Very very groove heavy, very sultry. And if you like disco, because there's other elements to it, as I'm sure you can tell, but that's kind of the thing that she's revitalizing throughout this album, and that you don't really have many artists kind of delving into that realm of music in this day and age. It's definitely not a genre that you hear people trying to trying to find a way to make sound poppy or, or you know, not mainstream, but, I mean, something that people would actually tune into anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think it's done fairly well on this album. The next one, I believe, Tyler... It's going to be pretty excited to talk about. I think this is one that he's been waiting for for quite some time. This is the song Clean Kill from Koraki off of their album Koraki. Tyler, why are you excited about this album? All right, this album is incredibly exciting to me because this album is the debut release from Corky, DC Discord band made up of Amy Farina, Ian Mackay, and Joe Lally. Joe Lally and Ian Mackay, of course, of Fugazi. Amy Farina is Ian Mackay's wife from uh, um, the Warmers. Sorry, another DC-based uh, kind of post-hardcore band. And uh, Ian Mackay and his wife previously had a band called The Evens, that did uh, a duo kind of sound. Uh, you might heard some of the like uh, softer sounds in that, the kind of more acoustic sounding. That was kind of an Evans work. And then, of course, the harder stuff and the bass line being a little more reminiscent of the Fugazi work. So for me, it's kind of like a mashup of the two worlds of Ian McKay, which is really cool because I love post-hardcore. I love Fugazi. I've always enjoyed the Evans. And uh, I've been really excited about it. And it, it didn't disappoint. That is a good song. The song That's the opener to that album. Indeed. The next song, Hard to Explain, is also a really great song that I enjoyed a lot. Uh, the second single release, because it, well, this was a delayed album, so they went ahead and released another single called Too Many Husbands. Kind of an interesting song as well. Um, I've listened, I've probably listened two or three times already to this thing. So I really, I really like it. I don't think I wasn't going to like it, you know. But really worthwhile thing if you're into like some post-hardcore and you like some, you know, it's fairly relevant with political things. Um, they've always been political. Post-hardcore tends to be that way. And uh, just a great album. I really enjoyed it. And I'm glad that it finally got released. been waiting for a while. It, it was a good return to post-hardcore. There have not been really many albums in the post-hardcore realm that I feel have lived up to the hype of Fugazi over the years. So having them come back and to kind of refresh their sound and really sound like they're doing something that's in line with a Fugazi it's it's pretty refreshing in a lot of ways. Yep, most definitely. So the next one I'm going to talk about is the album Kick Eye, or maybe Kick One. I'm not sure. This is the song Afterwards by Arca. I think we all could probably nail down who that might have been. Bjork. That's correct. Mm. It was Bjork? Yes. Oh, my. Indeed go, it was. I thought it just sounded like somebody that tried to sound like her. 
No, it is not. Actually, Arca is an artist who has contributed to albums from Bjork in the past. I believe there were two albums. Um, it was, let me make sure that I get the name of the one correctly, but I know that the Arca was a part of Utopia and also Volnacura hmm. helped the, the production of the, the, um, you know, the instrumentals and all the, the soundscapes and such that are across that album. And Arca has done a few albums on their own. She has been um, kind of making these like deconstructed club music. It's very electronic heavy, but also has a lot of like industrial tones to it. Mm-hmm. On her last album, her self-titled, it's a little bit more uh, poppy, I think. There's a little bit, it's kind of like an art pop sound, but this album is very, very club heavy. It's very, very dense and again, very electronic based and it's pretty enjoyable. I liked it quite a bit. Um, and the next one that I'm going to talk about is kind of when that same realm, it's Ginny Beth's new album to love is to live. And the song is called I'm the man. So again, very also industrial based music and as would not be a surprise from an artist who's kind of entrenched in industrial. Ginny Beth has also been involved with Nine Inch Nails. Um, I enjoyed To Love Is To Live quite a bit. Again, quite electronic based, kind of pairs well with Arca. So if you like one, you'll probably like the other in a lot of ways. Uh, at this point, I'm going to toss it over to one of you so that you can have a chance to talk about some of the albums that you're interested in. Feel free to talk about as many as you like or maybe you know spread them out across the episode. How about Jared? What do you got? The Run the Jewels album came out this, this month. Yeah. It, was, it was good. We covered it for Record Roundtable. My favorite song from that album was the song Just. It was a good song. My favorite song as well. My favorite album of the month. I, I usually get to the the end albums, Who, but who's talking right now, me or you? I was wow. just I was oh contributing I was contributing to what you're talking oh about. Oh my! Okay. Yeah, my uh, my favorite from that was "Walking in the Snow." That's what yeah, that's I thought, which is too. difficult to listen to, but a quite good song. Yeah, I know they're a very politically charged song from them. Yes, uh, "Newfound Glory's new album "Forever and Ever X Infinity" came out this month. It was very it's a good pop punk baby boy. Uh, my favorite song on that song or album is called Greatest of All Time. It mentions the Chicago Bulls. It's a good song. Uh, I believe we're going to talk about Bob Dylan, so I don't think I need to mention that that old boy. We shall get there. Um, Hyam has a new album out. That's a good. That's a good album. Uh, I don't getting know. a lot of praise actually. The Hyam album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, people are really enjoying that one. It just came out. At the very end of June, and I didn't. I, I I listened to it, but I hadn't listened to it until last night, so I haven't really had that album soak in as much as I'd like it to. Yeah. But I enjoyed what I heard. I think people are a little more. You know, the first album was good, and I think people were slightly let down on their second one. Yeah, because yeah. straight. I love it, the, the song "The Wire" is a great. Yeah, song. it is. A good I love song. that. Song. That second album straight a little more towards pop. And not as in a way that was kind of not as familiar for you know the stuff they like to do. And I think I I didn't get a chance to listen to much of this one, but I think this one's kind of a uh, something that people feel happy about a return to. One of the singles, one of the singles that came out before the album was the song "Summer Girls," Mm -hmm. 
and uh, it has a really good music video, but it it's actually a bonus track. Oh, really? On this album, so it wasn't actually uh, on the album, but it, it technically was because it's on yeah. Spotify or whatever. But, nice. Um, the album "Are Two Skins" by Gordy. I enjoyed that one. I like her. She's pretty good. I I first heard about her because she did a cover of uh, Lincoln Park on uh, is uh, it the Triple J? Triple J, yeah. Radio One, like a version, or yeah, like a version. Yeah. Yes, uh, the song I liked on that one is called Sandwiches. Uh, I think that's pretty much. Oh, Remo Drive. I, I enjoyed. I've been looking forward to this album. The singles that have come out from it are very good. They were technic. They were called a pop punk band when they had their first album come out, which was called Greatest Hits. Which is fun. What a fun little thing having yeah. the first album be called Greatest Hits. That's pretty good. Um, and then they had another album that came out last year that wasn't as good, but then this album I, I enjoyed quite a bit. I think I had you play the song last month, um, Ode to Joy 2. You did. This. You so, did. Uh, that is on this album, and I, I liked the album. So I think that's about all I got for June. Tyler, what do you got? So, so Neil Young released uh, from his archive a new album called Homegrown. It was a 1975 album that uh, he was going to release and then felt too personal about it so he uh, instead released this is the tonight is the night yes uh instead in 1975 and this one got shelved and this is the first we're seeing of it some of these songs have actually made it into other neil young albums a few of them uh, over the course of his discography hasn't he played a few live as well yeah well he typically does he typically does play anything from back catalogs live and so but these are kind of i know that these were kind of close to him and uh because of that he was kind of nervous, but it, he decided to release it from it. But that was years ago, of course. So it, he wrote this after a breakup with a uh, the woman that he was with at the time. And these it's just kind of a collection of love songs, Neil Young style, circa mid-70s. So uh, Try was the single that was released, I don't know, maybe a month ago, six weeks ago, something like that. And that's a pretty good one. It's a good place to start. Uh, there's a couple other decent – I mean, they're all good, but uh, – there's some other ones on there that are kind of fun. The, this, the title track's pretty good as well. It's got kind of a uh, interesting... It's kind of a country-ish uh, Neil Young album, really, over over the folky or uh, or rock-style Neil Young. But it's pretty good. It's worth a listen to if you like Neil Young. I mean, it's, it's sandwiched right into his kind of best time in his music. Yes. And so if, you're in, if you enjoy the old sound of Neil Young then this is the old sound of New York. It's not him returning to it. Nope. It was an album recorded at that time. So it's like anybody who's a big fan of Neil Young has probably been waiting for something like this for a very, very long time. Most definitely. And I've seen some, I've read a couple of reviews where people are like, hey, Neil Young basically just dropped a bomb from the 70s. You know what I mean? Like right. it's, it, the fact that he didn't put it out is a shame because it's basically be, going to become, a, a, you know, an instant a classic without having to be released at the time it was recorded kind right. of thing, you know? So, yeah. I mean, pit, Pitchfork, of course, our our our, uh, our standard bearer for everything sure. was a huge fan of it. I believe they gave it an 8.8. Yep. It's definitely good. It's worth. It's absolutely worth a listen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, on this next one, I'm going to go ahead and transition. We're going to uh, have your taste of jazz for the month. I'm going to talk about the artist Go-Go Penguin off of their self-titled album. This song is called Open.
So Go-Go Penguin has been around for a while, and their sound is very rooted in, like, classical kind of sounds. And, and very – so it's got a lot of jazz to it, but also, like I said, very rooted in that. It's a trio, and you can really kind of get a sense of all of their instrumentation from really any of their songs. It's heavy in drum, bass, and piano. And all three of them throughout the album are featured in a really strong way. And the the drum work, the piano work, and the bass work, all of it is just pristine. It's all like right in line with some of the best of those instruments in terms of being put together. So when you take a trio who are all aficionados in their style and their um, their instrument, you really can't go wrong on that one. So Go Go Penguin, definitely worth checking out. This next one is a little bit more of an unknown album, but I found it really, really good. It's from an artist called Salt, and the album is called Untitled Black Is. The song is Wildfires. So Salt is, of course, heavily, heavily based in the soul realm of music, but there's also a lot of other elements through this album, and it's all very rooted in um, the black experience in a lot of ways. It has a lot of music that is kind of traditional to you know black artists, and it's very much a celebration of being black, and I think that that kind of album is worth praising at any time, but is especially worth praising at this moment in time when there's so much going on within the world. And um, this album is just very, very good and speaks to a lot of things that are kind of going on within um, our our understanding of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I think that it's a very pressing album. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about, I'll do one more and then Tyler, I'm going to throw to you for some more of your albums. This one I think that Tyler, you'd enjoy and Jared, I showed it to you yesterday to kind of get a sense of what you thought about it. Uh, This is from the uh, artist Hum and their album Inlet. This song is called The Summoning. So this is the first album from Hum in 22 damn years. It has been a long time for anybody who's been interested in Hum. Uh, Inlet is quite an impressive album in a lot of ways. It is it is kind of alternative metal. It is considered space metal, but it also has some elements of shoegaze in it. And apparently... We have learned uh, from our um, My Bloody Valentine episode that Shoegaze apparently uh, just loves to come back after like two decades because Slow Dive did the same thing and My Bloody Valentine did the same thing. And the fact that Hum are kind of in the realm of Shoegaze, it's just like that distorted, really fuzzy guitar tone sound on a lot of the tracks. This one that I played is a little bit more 
heavy than the rest of the album, very slow, methodical, almost sludgy sounding. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed this me- this metal album because it's so different from other styles of metal that you listen to. It's kind of, in my mind, similar-ish to Gojira um, with kind of the, the way that their instrumentation is, but the vocals from Matt Talbot are... Across the board, you feel as though they're going to hit a heavier point because of the instrumentation, but they never really get there. They're always kind of like this distant, almost like screaming in space sound where it's kind of like almost dreamlike, which is very, again, kind of in a shoegaze realm of sound. What do you think about that sound, Tyler? Yeah, you've actually chosen uh, an album by a band I have a brief familiarity with. I'm familiar with their 95 relief release uh you'd prefer an astronaut oh really i don't know if you've seen the cover it's a green with a zebra yeah so uh i've listened to hum before off of that album although it's been a while um so it's nice to bring it back up and get back in there listen to it that was pretty interesting um not what i thought i remembered from listening to that 95 release so yeah um i'll have to get in and see what the variance is kind of like across this album that was pretty interesting right there the vocal delivery to me remind was reminiscent of uh the period of their initial initial work uh kind of of like a 90s alternative kind of feel to it on that tracks but uh right there so yeah i'm gonna give that one a look and see how it goes i didn't i didn't see it this week so or this month i guess we're in i kind of got surprised by i i had was kind of hunting for so i'm shooting for 20 albums for each month and i was at 19 and i was like i don't know i'm i don't really have anything like for sure that i was wanting to listen to i didn't have anything that like i hadn't listened to that really stood out yet so i started hunting found hum glad i did really glad i did so thank goodness i only had 19 albums that i had listened to at the time uh tyler tell me some more of the, the albums that you've been yeah, listening so to. i think i'm gonna throw to one uh by a band called krungbin have you guys ever listened to krungbin no so krungbin is kind of a a band whose whose sounds are kind of like an amalgamation of various various different genres I kind of get a light jazz overall feel out of it. There's no lyrics. It's not lyrical. So Jared, you better avoid it, I guess. Um, but it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an easy listening, but with uh, different influences from different styles of music across the world. The goal, I guess, from the band is to explore as many different uh, world influences as they can. Yeah. So on their first album, which I did not listen to a whole lot of their first album. Um, but it came out in 2015, and they draw, drew a lot from Thai music of the 60s. Their next album in 2018, uh, Con Todo El Mundo, is one I own and am quite familiar with, which had a lot of uh, Spanish and Middle Eastern sounds in it, which I thought was really interesting. And uh, then they had one come out this... I don't remember if it was... I think it was right at the beginning of this year, actually, uh, January, with Leon Bridges. Okay. They did a duo album with him uh, that was pretty cool and interesting. And then they just had one come out called uh, Mordecai, this album, it's funny you mentioned disco because I there's a lot of disco elements that I found in this album. Really, throughout many of the songs, yeah. I don't know what the I haven't read about it enough to uh, see what the uh, inspiration behind this specific one is. I just have a, I have a friend uh, elsewhere who I mentioned them to like a month ago and as a band he might like. He's like, oh yeah, that's like my favorite band right now. So he's like, hey, they had a new one come out. What do you think? So I gave a listen. I listened twice to it this past weekend. It came out this past week. And it didn't it didn't do it for me the way that the previous ones did. It's really kind of uh, a little more repetitive, which is hard to 
to avoid when you have no lyrics and you kind of have to move point to point with just music only. Sure. Uh, but for people who are into kind of something that you could put on, um, you know, post rock, for instance, is a genre that I take tend to listen to like L1011 things like that when I just want to get work done this is uh, an artist that's really good for if you want to <laughs> if you want to put it on um, and just and just hang out and have something to sit there and fill some space for you especially so it was okay I don't I think it was a little bit um, not as good as their previous works but uh, it still it still fills the role of being something to listen to in that realm so makes sense give it a listen if you've heard their previous work give it a listen see what you think i know it's probably going to be mixed you know i'm just not into the to some of the stylistic choices they made on this one um but some people may be kind of into it okay i'm going to talk one more and then i think that from there we'll have two more albums that i know that everybody has probably has some perspective on this one is an odd one but i enjoyed it quite a bit I believe that the pronunciation of their name is Klopelgag, and I will not be able to pronounce the album, but I'm going to do my best. It's Notre Dame Despet, uh, Decept Douleurs, and this song is called Umami. So you might have noticed uh, this is not in English. I feel as though uh, I am the Pink Panther, and I'm saying "De Burger." <laughs> so, so you caught on, huh? Uh, yeah, this album is in French. She is from Canada, um, and it's very odd. This idea that because because really, when we're listening to kind of Western music, obviously it, it's always kind of within the realm of English speaking music that's really what most people kind of tune into in western music and often we kind of forget like how powerful and emotive just the human voice is without necessarily having to know what exactly the lyrics are saying and this album is so perfect of an example of that because there's so many different emotions that are translated throughout the album and it always kind of pairs well with the the sound of the instrumentation and you kind of get exactly what the song is intending for you to get without really having to understand it. And so it, it's kind of a prime example of being able to span out from something that's only in English and be able to get something out of it. It feels kind of within the realm in other places of like a Joanna Newsom. And I'll even play like some of the other ones, like another one of the songs um, that's kind of within that realm um, rather than Umami, which is kind of pop centric in comparison to some of the other stuff. I'm going to play La Fonte. So, like, a very obviously different emotion being translated through that song that, again, you don't have to understand to feel, I guess would be the way to put it. So, uh, before I transition to the next one, Jared, I know you usually have some interesting tracks you like to throw in to an episode. I think this is a good place to talk about. You got any, like, 
some weird ones to throw out there? I Anything that don't. stood out to you that I really? I don't. No, I. You should have told me you were going to do it. You really? do it every time so I far. Don't do it every time. You so have far. been. Oh, what was what was the Achu song that you had last that's month? That's a good one. Go go back you were just ready one. for that one. That's true. Tyler, did you hear that song? No. Oh, go back on our. Uh, on I'll have our, to go listen. Yeah, our May episode and listen to kind of near the end. It is, it is a treat. It is truly a treat. Uh, what about? Hold on, I, you you suck. So in the, in the meantime, I've got yeah three more on here. Oh, go for it. Two of which I don't think you're gonna have. Okay, so I can do one after this if you want. Sure, go for and it. And then we can go back and forth because I one is Phoebe Bridgers also you know that one yeah, obviously yeah. we'll close on got two, that conversation. I've got two others though that are. Jared, if you don't have anything yet, like if you want to keep looking, yeah, you I can, can go on if you want. If you want, or unless you find, I have. Something. I mean, I don't. You've already. I don't care either way. I have one song that I know I that you could play. There you go. Uh, it's uh, "Little Baby," the bigger picture. I showed it to Caleb the other day. Uh, it is um, his kind of uh, take on the current climate, and I th- I thought it was pretty good. It, it from what I read on the like comments and things about it. A lot of people are putting him in the conversation of somebody like Kendrick in terms of social commentary, which is very surprising for a current rapper that really hasn't done any of that. Um, but yeah, it's called The Bigger Picture by Lil Baby. Trade my 4 by 4 for GC3, ain't no more free little I gave him chance, a chance, a chance again, I even told him please. I find it crazy, the police to shoot you and know that you dead, but still tell you to freeze. Fucked up, I seen what I seen. I guess that mean hold him down if he say he can't breathe. It's too many mothers just grieving, they killing us for no reason. Been going on for too long to get even. Throw us in cages like dogs and hyenas. I went to court and they sent me to prison. My mama was crushed when they said I can't leave. First I was drunk, then I sobered up quick when I heard all that time that they gave to Talib. He got a life sentence plus. That is quite the strong commentary right there from Lil Baby. Mm-hmm. In the realm of that song, usually I don't listen to singles, but there is a June single that really stood out to me, and I think, Jared, you're going to enjoy it. It is within that same kind of conversation, within that same kind of realm of music. Uh, it's called Pig Feet, mm-hmm. and I will tell you who's on this track after I play a little bit of it, and I think both of you will be happy about it. Alright, now Jared, who do you who do you think you'd be excited about there? That was Denzel Curry. Uh-huh. And then Tyler, who do you think you'd be excited about? Uh, I don't know, man. You're gonna have to tell me. Did you, did you hear any kind of jazz bits there? I heard some stuff. Is it Kamasi? It's Kamasi. Oh, we got Kamasi Washington and we've got Denzel Curry within the same track. Really? Yeah. Oh boy. I know. There's quite a few artists that are associated with that's, that that, that pig feet song. That's uh, Terrence Martin, Kamasi Washington, uh, Denzel Curry, G. Perico, and Daylit. Um, a lot of stuff going on in Pig Feet, but it's obviously within that same realm as the little baby song. That's uh-huh. two hip hop uh, collabs for Kamasi this year, then. So he's getting he's getting on in there. He he's is forcing people to use his jurors and their songs. Yeah, go on, Jared, please. Me, okay. Uh, I think I have two more that are really noteworthy that I found interesting. Uh, one is by a band called Bilk B I L K. 
And the song is called I Got Knocked Out the Same Night England Did. And it's a picture of somebody playing football, also known as soccer in the U.S. And I think you can pretty much figure out what they're talking about, but it was a fun little tune. All right. Pretty fun. Yeah. The last song I want to talk about is uh, you were mentioning uh, 90s alternative rock earlier with Hum. Yeah. I want to go back to there because the band called Filter had a song come out uh, on June 18th called Thoughts and Prayers. And it is they talk about a school shooting. And um, what's interesting about them is that they have a song called Hey Man, Nice Shot that came out in the 90s. And that song is about a shooting as well. Now, a lot of people think that song is about Kurt Cobain, but it is not about Kurt Cobain. It is about a politician named Bud Dwyer who killed himself on live television. Yes, he did. In Ohio. In Ohio. And uh, so that song, Hey Man, Nice Shot, is about that incident. And this incident and this song called Thoughts and Prayers is it's a, a fictional story, but it's you know based in reality of how school shootings happen mm-hmm. and such. So day starts out the same, another day to try and live. Took some kids to school today, and I got some blood to give. Young man is a trigger finger and a sharp plastic shift. Blocks the exits, checks his fifteen and stops the that's pretty heavy the chorus of that song is uh thoughts and prayers posts and shares i'm bleeding out of open wounds another day that no one cares oh man oh man yeah, only would have gotten to that course tough tough but dwyer in pennsylvania by the way so uh, about the the mis the miscommunication i was i was wanting to bore you by not getting to the course mm. so yeah I, mean, I think i saw this is awful but i think i saw the bud dwyer thing uh because back in the day when we had limewire I would find videos uh, on LimeWire, and i was able to it's basically like uh, faces of death or things like sure. that and I found the video of Bud Dwyer. Yeah, doing I've seen the it. Deed. I've seen it as well. I've seen it multiple times. In yeah, fact. I know the whole story. I, I read up on it. Uh, he was a years back. Yeah, he was accused of uh, some bad things in, in politics. And yeah, he, he was, was going to go to prison. Of, he yeah. he felt he was going to go to prison, and and so it's a way to, you know, not yeah. have to go to prison. He yeah. chose that path. It's true. Yeah. So uh, another one that I've got here on that positive note. Yeah, positive, quite positive is a band called uh, Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever, also known as Rolling Blackout CF. Did you have that on your list by chance? So this is a band uh, that is known as an indie rock band or uh, from Australia. They also have been labeled as post-punk revival, which I believe is how I found them uh, by attempting to, f- to find post-punk. I found their 2017 EP, French Press, which actually the way I came about it was uh, they had posters at the VGR for free, and I just was like, this looks kind of, like kind of a cool poster. So I grabbed it, and that's what it was for, the release of that EP. Turned out that EP was pretty good. Uh, so that's cool. But they just released their second album this year. 
It's entitled Sideways to New Italy. And uh, it's not too bad. I can, You know what? We'll go ahead and play a song off there if you want. Um, the song that we should play is Cars in Space. I thought it might have been Cars in Space. I don't know why. Something about that title was like, that seems like a, a song that Tyler would want to play. So they're straying a little bit further from uh, the post-punk feel in this release. It's a little bit closer to kind of like the what we know of as uh, there's kind of become a generic indie sound, and some people tend to utilize it occasionally. Whether uh, even though, even though they're not totally generic indie, uh, they're starting to get they're starting to move a little closer to it, and that's concerning. It's fine. He's fine. It's whatever. The, she. She. I know it's a she. Um, so you know it's okay. It's a decent release. I think it. I think it's. Um, I think it's okay. I don't know what you thought about it. It's. It's an all right listen. It definitely isn't bad. I wouldn't say it's been not received as well as the uh, their previous EPs or the previous release, which uh, really kind of got pretty good reviews. So give it a listen. Uh, let that be a a little gateway for you into Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever. Kind of interesting. Kind of interesting little group there. Another one that I've got for this month is Built to Spill. Mm. You may be familiar with Built to Spill. Yeah. They're a group that I really, really love. And uh, did you have that on your list? I did not. So uh, Built to Spill is an indie, golden era indie group from Idaho. And they uh, have this year put out an album called Songs of Daniel Johnston. They've went in and done built to spill versions built to spill is essentially fred march it's just one guy at this point really he's he was the main man anyway uh, i saw them last year when they were touring on an anniversary of one of their big albums but this album follows uh, daniel johnson's music they record built to spill versions of many daniel johnson songs daniel johnson you may or may not know as a kind of a pioneering uh, underground hero of some lo-fi singer-songwriter type stuff. Um, some people may recognize some of his work. His album, Hi, How Are You, was an album that Kurt Cobain enjoyed. It's the album that has that uh, long-eyed frog that we saw Kurt Cobain uh, stylize at some point, right? So uh, they've redone some of his songs, except in Built to Spill fashion. And I think it, I really think it was pretty good. If you want to play one from there as well, it's up to you. Uh, let me get into that really quickly. Go ahead and play. That's the most popular one off of there. The most fake records of rock and roll. Those vocals are mixed down. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have done "True Love Will Find You" in the end. That's a great song by Daniel Johnston. There you go. What well, did they? They, they did not. They did not do it. No. I say, which one that song that reminded me of that title? 
None of them, I suppose. Nope. Hmm. Is that the last album you have? No, the Sorry. last one I have is uh, one that he and I share. Yeah. So. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, these last two that I want to talk about, um, I think we'll all be able to contribute some conversation to the, these last two. Uh, this next one we're going to talk about is Bob Dylan's new album, Rough and Rowdy Ways. This song is My Own Version of You. All through the summers into January I've been visiting morgues and monasteries Looking for the necessary body parts Limbs and livers and brains and hearts I'll bring someone to life is what I want to do I want to create my own version of you Jared, I'm sure you were thrilled that we got a Bob Dylan album this year. I don't think anybody really thought that it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, when the single came out, uh, the first single that came out from this album, I believe... Murder Most Foul? Was Murder Most Foul, I believe. Yeah. Uh, which is a wild song. Truly. 17-minute uh, long. Yeah. Story of uh, the assassination of JFK. Mm-hmm. And he's... I mean, it's not only that. It's similar to Tempest, where Tempest was about the sinking of the Titanic. Yes. But it was about more than that as well. I mean, he brought up Leonardo DiCaprio in there. He brought up all kinds of wild things in that song. And this song is probably more wild, I would imagine. And he he talks about all kinds of people in this. He talks about the Rolling Stones. He talks about the Beatles. Yep. He talks about uh, all, all kinds of people. He, I believe he talks about the Pixies as well. Possibly. I think. There's a lot of people he brings up. I, yeah, he, it's really a celebration of music in a weird way, mm-hmm. along with that track. And what is what is so significant about that track, Jared? Do you know? What about it? It's the, his longest song, isn't it? It's something else, too. I believe that Murder Most Foul was the single that is his very first number one single. On what? No, really. Number one on what? Billboard. It was not a number one song. What does that mean? I thought, that was, I thought it was. Top no. 100? Was it not? No. Hold on. The box, baby. That's still number one. Hold on. You're wrong. The Bob. Yeah. Bob Dylan scores first ever number one song on Billboard chart with Murder Most Foul. What track? What? What? It wasn't the Billboard Hot 100. What was oh, it? Oh, okay. Well, let me check. Yeah. U.S. Rock Digital Song Sales. Oh, mm. okay. Mm. A little research next time, buddy boy. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Zingers there. Oh, God. Huh. Anyways, yes. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah. Anyway, it right was into it. So it was. I mean, a, technically, I was a seventeen-minute right. song that got to number one on the rock sales chart. What does that? What does that mean? It was the first um, single, which is interesting because a lot of people. Um, so I, I listen to another podcast occasionally called Pod Dylan, where they go over po- uh, Bob Dylan songs in a podcast form. Mm. Very clever, and. Um, they talked about this song, and they talked about um, the song "I Contain Multitudes," which I think is my favorite song from that album. And uh, very good. They were talking about how they thought maybe these were songs that were recorded during the time that he did Tempest, and they just weren't released yet. Which they do sound similar uh, to Tempest, and like the theme of it, and the way that he sings, and all of that. But I do think that these were probably recorded 
I don't know after I would imagine, but I, I have no idea. Um, I don't know. Um, the song uh, "Goodbye Jimmy Reed" is a tribute to a old uh, blues singer, R and B blues singer as well. Um, but yeah, I, I like this album quite a bit. I don't know if I like it more than Tempest. I think I like Tempest more than this because mm-hmm. there's more songs that I can pull from that I like. Oh yeah, this song I'll go back and I know you know. But this might be one that um, I'll go back to and, and re-listen to and, and find things that I really like. But, I mean, you'll find bits of lyrics and, and, and phrasing and things in, in this that, you know, will stick with you for a long time as well. This is And this is his, what, first original music in eight years? Is that right? Yes, 2012. Yeah. yeah. That's when Tempest came out. Yeah. yeah. And it's his 39th studio album. Yeah. It's so. wild. Isn't that crazy? 39 albums. Yeah. And only only Dylan, man. Mm-hmm. That could be what is is he seventy nine? I believe so. Yeah. yeah, he's he's an old boy. He's an old boy. He is, and he's been in music for seventy nine. Yeah, yeah, seventy nine. May twenty fourth was his birthday. Jeez. Would you send him anything? I didn't send him a thing. Dang it! I. What's crazy to me too? So thirty nine albums. He has been uh, significant in the music scene now for six decades. Isn't that crazy? You know, we have we have reached the sixth decade of his musical career by him having an album in 2020. You know who was on this album? Fiona, yeah, Fiona, Fiona Apple. Apple's on there. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's not really like super prominent. I believe she just plays piano. Mm-hmm. Is my understanding, um, and I don't think they even ever said for sure which track she plays piano on. No, I couldn't. They're find, they're I pretty find anything either. Pretty hush hush about Fiona Apple. Mm. So uh, I got Who's, one. Who is? The world. Everybody be quiet. Shh. I got one more album that I'd really like to talk about here on this episode, and that is the new album by Phoebe Bridgers. Is the album is Punisher. I'm going to play the song Halloween. I hate living by the hospital. The sirens go all night. I used to joke that if they woke you up. Somebody better be dying. We'll have some things to talk about with the album Punisher, but I would like to say that if you'd like a, a deeper commentary on this album, Punisher, that we have an article on recordroundtable.com by one of our contributing writers, Ben Friend, who has a very deep look at this album. Of course, I'd like to know everybody's thoughts on the album, see how they felt about it. But of course, if you're wanting an in-depth review of the music and the, the the story behind some of these songs, that's a great place to find some information. So, how did you guys feel about the album Punisher? I'm getting some head nods. All right, <laughs> I liked it. I was looking forward to it after the release of the song uh, Kyoto. Very good. Show. I liked that song a lot. It, I, it popped up on my YouTube. Uh, like uh, suggested videos or something like that, and I watched it, and I was it was like the the music video with the song is great. It's so like bizarre and weird and like Adult Swim esque. Yeah. Um, and I like that. I mean, it's the best song on the album in my opinion. It's a song. It's like maybe the best song of the year, possibly. Like it, it's up there for sure. It. Yeah. I mean, like I I I think I'll go back to that song more than most other songs. 
it's the song I've returned to this month more than any other song. So I'm so right there with you on it, that. I don't know if the album is going to be in my top albums of the year, but I know that song will. And that happens a lot with things like that too. So yeah. I liked Halloween as well. Halloween, uh, of course, is significant because it features Better Oblivion Community Club. Club? Center. Center. Better Oblivion Community, Community Center. Uh, other member, Phoebe Connor, Bridgers and Connor, Connor Obers, Obers is on Halloween. Yes. Yeah. yes, of Bright Eyes fame. Yes, true. I have an article on uh, Bright Eyes as well on that website. Yeah, I like this. Uh, I like this album. I was mentioning to Jared earlier. I'm not sure that I liked it as much as her previous release. I'm really Stranger in the Alps. Yeah, I think I preferred Stranger in the Alps. I feel like she was wandering. I listened to. I'll tell you what. I heard an interview she did on NPR earlier this week, I believe, where she just talked about the album and uh, a little bit about where she pulls some things for in terms of lyrics and things like that. And uh, she said they asked her to introduce herself, and she told her she was an indie an indie artist. And that's how she described her. So, which I find it, I do, I found it odd that a person would describe their own music as that. Yeah, a little bit. Because I'm like, you, I know that you as a musician know that that doesn't mean anything. Right. So I'm wondering what you actually consider your. You know what I mean? Yeah. How you want to classify? Because that gives you a little insight into what the person thinks their music sounds like or what they're going for. But, um, I feel like she on this one she strayed a little bit more into what I mentioned, like where indie goes but it's a track by track thing like halloween is Truly. a little bit different uh it doesn't seem to go that way i thought coyote went that way a little bit into like kind of the uh, the generic generic indie realm which is a place i have for some reason tended to avoid as of late i don't know i don't care uh it's like i i have problems with it i've spent time there musically but i don't know i've just been avoiding that so i thought it was still a, a good album she's still a great songwriter and um for instance, in the interview, she mentioned that, you know, lyrically, a lot of these things just come from things that happened in her life. A lot of it is things that happened in her life. Kyoto is kind of like that. She was, I actually read an article that was about, uh, it, it was a track by track conversation where uh, Bridgers is talking to uh, an interviewer about every single song and they're interviewing about yep. each one. There's a lot of detail in there that is. article as well. And um, that song is kind of like her trip. As she was touring, she was kind of like dissociating basically mm-hmm. while she was on that trip, not able to enjoy the fact that she was in a new place. And that song, even though it's super bright and super pretty and super, you know, indie based, um, it, it's got some pretty, pretty sad lyrics across it. Yeah. It's, and that juxtaposition of, and we've talked about this on very, you know, with various artists, anyone who can juxtapose their lyrical content with the way that a song makes you feel in and of itself can create something quite interesting. So, yeah, I I think that her songwriting is really pretty good in that the uh, the things that she – I guess she just experiences weird things as well because I, sure. I listened to her. She mentioned the lyrics. This is from uh, the song of this album, Garden Song, which I thought was quite a good song. Where she uh, says, the doctor put her hands over my liver, and she told me my resentment's getting smaller. That actually happened to her in real life. She went to okay. uh, she went to uh, a a quote unquote doctor. It's more of like a, you know a, a wellness type person, or a, perhaps a natural wellness. And that's what that doctor did to her. She put her hand over her liver, and she said, "Your resentment's getting smaller." <laughs> and so she wrote huh. that into a lyric, you know. But that's just like a wild line. Like who would ever have think to write something like that? But. Um, she said in this article, which I found quite interesting, or in this um, interview, 
is that, uh, you know, where poetry comes in to it is uh, kind of a juxtaposition of uh, the things that happen in real life and uh, the darkness of the music, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just weird. She has a good way of translating things. And it's funny to think that some mundane thing or just something that's been told to you f- by someone like that can become something that uh, it can become meaningful to other people in different ways and this or that. So, sure. Yeah. All in all, I thought it was a good album and, uh, I'm not sure, like I said, I'm not sure it, I, if I spend more time with it, it's going to uh, grow on me the same way as the other one did. I'm sure. Yep. So, but it's definitely more, uh, lush in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's very, it's very minimalistic on stranger in the Alps. And I enjoyed that album quite a bit. I need to spend more time with it when it comes down to it. But Punisher has a lot more, uh, dense instrumentation throughout it. It's kind of cinematic in a lot of ways in different parts. And, uh, I would also be remiss to not mention, um, on Graceland two, it also features two vocalists that she has collaborated with as well. Uh, Lucy Dacus and, uh, Julian Baker, who are both uh, as a part of uh, Boy Genius. Yep. So, you know, it's it's got a lot of uh, recognizable voices. It's got Phoebe Bridgers doing what she does best yep. with some very strong lyrics like you've been talking about. And Julian, Julian Baker, a good choice to bring in. Someone who's, who is basically working in the same realm with her solo career as well. So, yeah. And again, of course, uh, my probably favorite album of, you know, this month and one of my favorite albums of this year was Run the Jewels. But of course, if you want to hear more of a deep dive into Run the Jewels and uh, that album specifically as well, I would check out our episode of Record Roundtable for Run the Jewels. I believe it was three weeks ago. It was not too long ago. Three or four weeks ago. So it was relatively recent. Yes. So definitely check that out. I'm going to close on what we agree is one of the best songs of the year at Kyoto. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, bonus edition. We've been talking about the music of June. Check us out next month for episode on July. Once again, check out our social media bits. Check out our Facebook page and all that. Check out our website, Record Roundtable, where you can find some sweet, sweet, sweet articles. And, of course, check us out on Patreon.com slash Record Roundtable. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh,